three black women, Cheryl, Jennifer, and Taylor, across three different generations, tackling topics you thought were taboo. As people grow and evolve, you can grow together or people grow apart. Sharing laughter, tears, and everything in between. You know, someone can slide in your DMs. Mm -hmm. You can meet. (laughs) (laughs) This is When Magic Happens. Welcome back to When Magic Happens. I'm Jennifer Long here with Taylor Coward and Cheryl Jackson. And y'all, we're about to get messy because today we're talking about relationships and why we stay in dysfunction sometimes. And then later we're going to talk to the founder of the Roomless Matchmaking Firm, Tanisha Wood, about these dating streets and, and getting some tips on what we can do to have more fun in the process. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Cheryl, let's start with you. How were you taught about relationships? Where do I begin? Okay, Where do I begin? First of all, growing up, my mother, you know, really drilled into us who we should be dating. Like, who's the good guy versus the guys to stay away from? Mm-hmm. You know, the bad guys, rappers, um, athletes. You know, these are guys that are going to break your heart. So, you know, get get the guy that's, you know, bookworm and, you know, super studious, super responsible. And, you know, and that's essentially who I married and then divorced. So... Me too. (laughs) (laughs) When I think about how I learned about relationships, my parents, they've now been married for about 50 years. And I think they... That's awesome. Isn't that cool? It is. And they're so sweet together. That really shaped how I imagined being in relationship with somebody. Like that this is what it is going to look like and feel like and... I think that's where I got my influence about relationships. That's a mm-hmm. good first example to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Taylor? I don't think everlasting loves exist anymore. I don't think they have to. Um, I think divorce rates are like higher than they've ever been, ever, um, especially after the pandemic. I loved reading about pandemic divorces. Is that wild? That. Kind of. No, because because <laughs> tell me more. People were locked in together and oh, were yeah. like, "I actually don't like. I don't you. like you." Yeah, but that's beautiful that people can now have the freedom to leave. You yeah. know, I feel like maybe some people stayed because that was the norm, but now you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know what I I started thinking about was when you say everlasting. Mm-hmm. I kind of started thinking about relationships almost like matriculating through school, Mm. you know, like four good years. (laughs) 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 But that really, and I say that jokingly, but I say that also seriously because I think that we are always changing and evolving and like our interests and desires, they change. Mm -hmm. And if you think about like how we learn and grow when we are going through school, Mm -hmm. We evolve so much in that period of four years, 
isn't that kind of similar to what happens when you're in a relationship with somebody? What you discover about yourself, what you discover about them, that kind of shifts how you perceive being in relationship. I think you should watch the episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show when Lou Grant's wife decides to leave him. They get a separation. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I still love you, but I've been with you since I was a teenager. And now I'm a grown woman and I don't even know myself. Yeah. She's like, I don't know myself other than being Mrs. Grant. Mm. And so despite me loving you, I have to go out and get an apartment mm-hmm. and go get a job. She went back to school. And I just think that that's like, despite it being the mid-60s, that's still a contemporary conversation. Sure. How did I miss that episode? I was <gasps> a Mary Tyler Moore fan. <laughs> so, okay. good. So, good. so are you guys saying that either marry multiple times, according to what grade level you've graduated to, <laughs> <laughs> or are we talking about not marrying and just being in relationships and and be there as long as they work and when they don't work? Move on, moveon.org. It's a new framework or thinking about it in a different way, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe this idea of four years, maybe it's more than four years, you know, but maybe this idea of everlasting and lifelong, maybe that is not necessarily realistic because we've just got to think of a different framework for that. Yeah. Well, I'm old school. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Explain what that means. Um, yes. I want to be married. I mean, I'd like to be married. Yeah. Okay. Um, because of the intimacy that comes from this committed relationship, mm. you know, the intimacy and trust. I can share and bear my soul in ways that I wouldn't knowing that this this is going to expire in three years or three months. Mm-hmm. Um I, I've been married. Um, I was married almost 17 years, but he was my college sweetheart. And, and so we knew each other, you know, 20 plus years by the time we divorced. So it obviously is a marriage that, that didn't work out. But uh, when it worked, it was really working. Mm-hmm. And that aspect of it this is my, my confidant, my best friend, my advocate, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I wasn't a prolific dater. I just had, I married my college sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm out here in these dating in these streets. streets. I feel <laughs> I, I, that just had me thinking about people a little younger than me in the Gen Z spectrum that lost out on having a college sweetheart because of the pandemic. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Zoom, sweetheart? (laughs) Would you say that even the way that you meet people is different these days? Oh, yeah. There's, you know, someone can slide in your DMs. Mm -hmm. You can meet. You can meet someone on a dating app. I don't know many people who are like, oh, I bumped into him on the train. Like we met on the L, like you know some, what I mean? Some rom-com situations. Yeah, I'm like, who does that happen to? I, would, I wanted I would it to be me. That. Me too. I know. I would love that. Like bump into me. I don't know. I've never seen it. And yeah. so. How I, did you meet your, your boyfriend? We were an online couple and oh. then became a pandemic couple. And so we had to like get to know each other so quickly and, and, kind of the facade of the honeymoon stage and oh 
like he doesn't know, you know, what I look like in sweatpants because I'm always wearing a dress. That didn't happen because we were locked in the house. Mm -hmm. And so we did Zoom dates and we did uh, we watched movies on FaceTime. He got COVID pretty early on. So we like watched The Exorcist together on the phone. And so you just get to know someone so quickly because you have no choice to. Yeah. But I also am grateful for it because I think we're like a pretty solid pair because of that. That's nice. The Exorcist. Great movie. (laughs) But date movie? (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm one of those people. I'm going to let you know what I like up top. There's going to be priests falling downstairs in Georgetown. That's what happened in The Exorcist. And there's going to be true crime and just get to know it now. If it creeps you out, bye. But it didn't creep him out because he was afraid to watch scary movies. And so he had never seen it before. So he had like a fresh set of eyes. It was very wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you tacked that on. Wholesome. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Yeah. So you were married for 16, 17 years. Right. What's the longest relationship you've been in? That one. Okay. How about you, Taylor? How long? Uh, The longest relationship I've been in was three years, my current one. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Jennifer? I was married for 16 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. You two who have been in marriages, can you tell me about what your honeymoon stages were like? You know, I really enjoyed my honeymoon stage. My ex-husband was, he was a great friend, Mm -hmm. you know, great communicator. We really had a wonderful time together. He was like a partner in crime. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if if he couldn't do it, I could do it. If I couldn't do it, he could do it. Like we were always tag teaming, mm-hmm. you know? How about you, Cheryl? Same. Just, you know, he was my best friend. We were each other's best friend. We had our own little language. You know how it is when you're just in love. Mm-hmm. Okay, early love, fresh love, okay? <laughs> we had our own little language. If I couldn't sleep and you got to stay up with me and uh, he was happy to do it. Uh, everything I did was cute and funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you, know, you know how it is. Okay. Being fresh and in love. And, um, but more than anything, it was just my buddy, my ride die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long does that last or how long did that last that honeymoon phase? We were close uh, like that for, a long time. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, as people grow and evolve, I think you can grow together or one can grow and the other doesn't or people grow apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This might be difficult to talk about, but what about with that person? Like, when did you know that the relationship wasn't working anymore? Mm. Well, I think for me... I think life happens, you know, kids and work and all of the things that good, bad health, all things that kind of intertwine into that. Mm -hmm. And in our particular case, uh, my ex-husband was traveling quite a bit. And I think really we just grew apart. You know, we really just sort of developed and created our own lives, if you will, where, you know, he was traveling and working and I, you know, was at home with the kids managing school and all that good stuff. And so I think we grew apart. Mm. The key thing that happened in my particular situation is just 
how you engage with each other, the kind of care and attention that you mm-hmm. either decide to continue to put into the relationship mm-hmm. or you don't. Did you want to be with someone completely different from what you just had? Like, yes. were you like, here's my opportunity to start from scratch and like see what I need and want? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was no. at a different place when my marriage just sort of imploded. Oh. Um I was just recently diagnosed with breast cancer. I was going mm-hmm. through uh, treatments and uh, breast reconstruction. I had a mastectomy, and uh, my marriage fell apart during the midst of all of that. So I was a complete mess. Oh my gosh. And I look, <laughs> I did not want to see a man walking, coming, or going. All right. I just had to really focus mm-hmm. on. Healing, going through breast cancer and a mastectomy was a blow to your identity. And then adding divorce Mm -hmm. on top of that. Mm -hmm. I was in the wilderness, (laughs) y'all. My world went really small for a while. It was just my mama and my sister Mm -hmm. and my cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all I could really deal with. And then I remembered, though, the first dating experience after all of that. Mm I kind of momentarily forgot that, you know, I had this mastectomy. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm different. You know, um, I was really hesitant mm-hmm. because of the scarred body. Sure. And so I think it was probably one of the reasons why I was slow to get back out there. Mm-hmm. And then when I did date again, I was reminded of that, but you know, it didn't take long to get over it. But um, there you go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm back on that way. That's right. Because <laughs> that's what they tell you to do. Some, at least, therapists go out there and have sex. Yeah. I know. They're right. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. I wonder. I wonder if the boob even mattered or registered to. A partner at the time or like was that just us and like our own personal views of body and insecurity to be like oh this is going to be a thing like things that I think are going to be a thing Mm -hmm. are not a thing to my boyfriend and so I wonder was was it not even a thing Cheryl like was it a hurdle you had to get over for yourself well, you know, the truth is there's a high divorce rate among women with breast cancer mm. and gone through mastectomies for all the reasons that are maybe obvious you can guess it and some are not. But it wasn't a thing mm. for the next relationship I would have. Um, matter of fact, he just praised the scar. Oh, he yes. was said it was oh. my um, reminder that I'm a warrior, that I overcame. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah. right on. Yes. Aww. And it made me really think about my scars differently. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said jinx. <laughs> but that was, that's so beautiful. It, it was. That is beautiful. It was. That was a good line he got me with. Yeah. Right, girls? Yes. <laughs> he I think the reason why I stayed in my marriage, even though it stopped working, mm. was, um, one, I, I didn't have any children. And I'm like, crap. Okay. <laughs> I did the math. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right. the mathing, uh, the math was not mathing. Okay. Right. <laughs> so it was like, I'm a certain age. I'm gonna, it's going to take me a certain while uh, to find someone new. I got to make this work. I want to have children. That's really important to me. The other thing, I'll be honest, 
I felt like I didn't want to be a statistic, another statistic of um, a black single woman, you know, and it makes no sense now, but I felt the need to fight the statistic mm-hmm. of being a single black professional woman. Mm-hmm. What about the time you would put into it? That's the other thing, girl. Yeah. Okay, I'm like, I added up the number. So I was like, wait a I'm minute invested. now. I'm invested. Yeah. I'm invested. I want, I want, you know, something for this. Okay. Yeah. You know, once a, a therapist told me that it takes 12 years from the moment you think about getting divorced to actually getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Wow. 12 years. It's because you're trying to unpack all of that investment, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then come to a place where you're ready to let it go. So wait, okay, what, what? if it takes 12 years, see, back to my theory about four years, right? <laughs> Cut that time like, like, in half, okay? Cut it. <laughs> 12 years. Because uh, if you were married 16. Anyway, okay. You had an inkling early on. Right. Yeah. Did you have an inkling early on, Jennifer? No, I, didn't, I, I wouldn't say I had an inkling early on based on what I saw in my family and watching my family's do relationship, I actually thought, you know, this is something you work through. You figure out ways to make it work. So I think I stayed because that was the lens that I was looking at it through, like that I should continue to work on this. Of course, I stayed for my kids and I stayed because of what I thought other people might think. Mm, that's a a big one that's a big one and um yeah i stayed for the health care i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) like the tax benefits alone (laughs) how was the health care okay that was good he was at a fintech company it was like you got bottled water in the emergency room know more about why we stay in certain relationships so i had to call in the big guns tanisha wood founder of the roomless matchmaking firm and when i tell you there were too many gems in that conversation just you wait that's after the break Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. This week's guest is none other than Tanisha Wood. She's a matchmaker who serves black clientele looking for marriage through her firm, The Broom List. Tanisha got into matchmaking organically by going out on a lot of dates and then taking stock of the guys that she thought might work for other people. And after giving dating a break and traveling, she unexpectedly found her own partner, which put her matchmaking skills to the test. 
when I first met him, he said, oh, I, I, you know, your friend told me that you're a matchmaker. Mm -hmm. And he proceeded to basically interview me about this matchmaking and how it goes and how I match people and the process. So then I started basically interviewing him like I was interviewing a client (laughs) as well. And I'm like, all right. I mean, you want to know how this process goes? And I actually did something kind of bold and random. And I don't know why I did it in the moment. And I'd never done it. But I'm I'm really big on just asking the questions that you want to ask. Yeah. And so one of the things that I did, I said, I'm just curious. Let me see the last 10 pictures in your phone and I'll show you mine. Oh. <laughs> and he actually did. Okay. You know, we had some funny moments and funny stories and, you know, just by going through those pictures. But it was a really authentic moment mm-hmm. in that. I, I didn't really care what he thought about what was in my phone, nor and vice versa. And so I was just able to completely be myself. So I think from the very beginning, we had a really good idea about who the other person was in an authentic way. Yes. So do you think that has any impact on finding love versus attracting love? Like just sort of having your guard down and being open versus maybe proactively looking for it? Well, I mean, I think you should be doing both, right? Okay. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's, when I say I wasn't looking, you know, that doesn't mean that if you are looking, it's not going to come. I just mean I was in a place mentally where I was very open to the possibilities of life. I wasn't stuck on one idea of what it needed to look like at that moment. And I really think that that's the key to attracting good partnership is not being stuck on the idea of exactly what it needs to look like. You know, I could have met him and said, well, he lives in Atlanta and I don't live here, so this isn't going to work. But I didn't go into it with that. And I think that is one of the keys to love is just being open and being vulnerable. Right. So we know uh, that dating, the dating world at times can be full of abundance for some of us, and it can be straight ghetto for others. So what's your thought on that in terms of why that is the case for some and not others? Yeah, we all have had this moment where we point the finger, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm in the wrong city. These Mm -hmm. apps aren't working. There's just nobody here. Um, But I think that the key is to look inward here. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not about everything that's happening externally. It's about what's happening within you. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first key to dating and to attracting is really like having that confidence that you deserve the things you want. And first of all, you have to know the things that you want. If you don't know what you want and you're just going out here sort of aimlessly wondering you know, you're going to have a bad experience because anything is going to come at you. It's just sort of whatever's out there. Whereas if you have a clear idea about who you are and what you want, when you see it, like you'll sort Mm -hmm. of naturally attract it. Like you become that thing and therefore you attract that thing. It's like a magnet, right? And I think sometimes when we are frustrated and we have been doing what we believe is the right thing to do, that frustration shows in the world. That frustration Mm. shows up on dating profiles. You know, I could tell you, I can instantly spot a a frustrated dating profile. A frustrated dating profile says things like, and don't message me if dot, dot, dot. And uh, I'm not here looking for dot, dot, dot. 
And that's putting negativity out there. And Mm -hmm. people see that and they feel that. And then Mm -hmm. you will attract somebody that is just as negative in that space. And so you have to be really careful about mentally where you're at and where you're at with yourself before you go out there and date. Yes. Okay. So tell me about a time when you stayed in a romantic relationship that wasn't fulfilling. And I'm just curious, why did you stay? Oh, time will make you keep giving time. Mm, Yeah. You know, so I was in uh, a five-year relationship at one point. And I think I would say that maybe year three, I, I was questioning whether this had longevity. But because of the time that had been invested. And and I, you know, love this person and still love this person as a person. But there are just certain things that you know that you don't align on. And you know, we all know, right? We do. We do. We we like to pretend we don't know, but we know. (laughs) But once you discover that we don't want the same things for the future or our values don't align, regardless of how much you like a person, um, Mm -hmm. It's time to really evaluate if that relationship is going to work or is going to last into the future. And for me, in that particular relationship, I will say there was really nothing wrong per se. You know, Mm. I couldn't, my friends liked this person, my family liked this person, I liked this person. And so those are, I think, the toughest relationships to get out of because you want there to be something wrong and just catastrophic in order for you to say, this isn't going to work for me. But that doesn't have to be the case. Like, you know, you don't have to be in dire straits just to leave a relationship that is no longer fulfilling to you and no longer reflects who you have become. But truly, the only way that, that new things come into your life and new possibilities is to let go of that. Like, you have to let go of the good for the great. Oh, I love that. I just, I love it. Okay, so how can Black women carve space for themselves in the dating world and also just have a little more fun? Mm-hmm. Any app advice? Uh, yes. person dating advice? Yes, yes, yes. So first of all, leave the house. Yes, you got to go out. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> your person is not going to find you on your couch watching Netflix and ordering DoorDash, okay? Uh, so leave the house, be out, be active, be social. Secondly, I would say use your resources, all available resources. I like to treat dating sometimes in the same way that I do if I'm looking for a job, right? So Mm -hmm. if I was looking for a new job, I would tell my friends, I would make sure that they knew what type of job I was looking for, I would ask if they knew anybody at those particular companies that I was wanting to apply to. I would make sure that if I went to an event that I was talking to people and understanding, you know, what industry or space they were working in. So I say all that to say, I end up working with a lot of people who are very professional. And so they have not put as much effort into the dating piece because it's been assumed because, you know, I think Disney had a little too much influence. We think it's just (laughs) supposed to happen. And sometimes it does. And that's great. But again, I say use all available resources. So yeah, just really understanding though who you are 
and what you want and what you bring to the table and show that not by I'm this and I'm that and I'm accomplished, but just by being authentically you. So what did y'all think of that? Where was the magic in that conversation? Her urging to women and people that are trying to date is being yourself from the very beginning. Just in the little exercise that she did of looking at the 10 pictures in the phone, you kind of lay everything out right up top. And it is so important to be yourself because then you're comfortable with someone and you can enjoy each other's company authentically because it's just two people being themselves. And that can just be such a long-lasting, fruitful relationship. So for me, the magic was really all about if you want it, you can have it. If you actually jot down the things that you're looking for, if you imagine the things that you're looking for, that's what you're going to get. for our relationships episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. Special thanks to our guest, Tanisha Wood, for joining us today. You can find more about her and her work at TanishaWood.com or find her on Instagram at Tanisha Wood. You can find me, Cheryl Jackson, on Instagram at Cheryl Jackson. That's Cheryl with an E. You can find me, Jennifer Shay Lovelong, at Being Shay Love. And you can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Kevin Dawson is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Editing by Justin Bull. Engineering by Dave Miska and Haley Bloomquist. Thanks for listening. See y'all next week. Have you seen the video of Tiffany, New York Pollard? She's like, my eggs cracked, meaning I want a baby. I want my last name dropped, meaning I want to get married. (laughs) 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 I've not seen that one. She's so funny. I'll put it it in the group chat. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.